Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lee, speaking to you after, well, a day after, really. I apologize. These are not coming out the night of. Uh, There's just a little bit too much going on in the summertime here for me personally. But um, yeah, speaking to you the day after the Toronto Raptors defeat the Utah Jazz by a score of 80-74 to 74 in Las Vegas Summer League action. Um, look, a lot of this podcast series has focused on Christian Coloco and Delano Banton and, you know, at times Armani Brooks as well, um, which is, I think, normal. I think those are the players that fans are most familiar with, that fans are probably most interested in. However, I think I want to shift it over slightly. I mean, not not just because those were not the most prominent players in the game. I thought Delano um, was a lot quieter than he had been, less involved than he had been in the first two games. I thought Christian looked tired at times, although still played really good defense. Um, and Armani was <laughs> one for 10 from three is tough, man. I, I, I That's his job. That really is his job to come in and gun for threes. But um yeah, sometimes you're going to have nights like this where, where you just don't make anything. Uh, I don't think he took that many bad shots, quite honestly, but um, or given his role in terms of bad shots. But, yeah, uh, 1 for 10 for 3 and 2 for 12 overall is just, is just tough. But a lot of the podcast is focused on these guys, and I wanted to sort of look at some of the other guys who have stood out. I thought the two most important players for the Raptors tonight were DJ Wilson, who had a really strong start to the game, uh, and also had some pretty good plays towards the end as well. Um, I'm very happy for him because he had some, um, just the first two games were just not impressive from him. And, you know, in hearing his post-game interview afterwards, I kind of understood it because, you know, he'd been coming off of injuries, which is kind of the story of his career so far. It hasn't fully held him back. I mean, obviously he's made it to the NBA, but like, you know, he's just been really banged up over the course of his career. You can look it up. Even going through high school, he's had some devastating injuries that probably would have stopped a lot of other people uh, from getting this far, but he's continued to sort of persevere here. And anyway, he came off of injury, and the, the summer league setting has been his first time playing five-on-five five since that injury. And so I can understand sort of the rustiness that he showed in the first two games. I think when he played with the Raptors last season – um, he had shown something, right? Like, I know a lot of those games were COVID-impacted, and, of course, you can't fully take those games at face value because a lot of teams were also putting out guys who were essentially signed to replace, you know, roster spots because people were testing positive. But um, there was some real tangible skill with DJ, and I, and, and I think that there, it was worth bringing him back and seeing what he had. I mean, this is a former first-round pick, and... You know, there's a reason why the Raptors have signed him so many times. Like, they want to see something from him. And I thought today was a good example of what he actually has to offer. Um, So he finishes the game with a team-high 22 points, got nine rebounds as well. Very efficient game, uh, 7-12 from the field, 3-6 from three, 5-5 from the free throw line. It just did a lot of good stuff out there. And I I thought that, you know, right away at the start of the game, he uh, gets two catch-and-shoot threes to fall. Those are some things that are just going to happen within the flow of the game. But it's, I think him knocking down those threes early really established that, okay, the Raptors have this guy who's, you know, either playing four when he's in the starting five with Christian or when Christian goes to the bench, DJ would slide over up to the five. And so when that was happening, he was able to pull another big off of the off the paint. And when they were able to play pick and roll, uh, a lot of the times the big wouldn't just be dropped back 
uh, and and hanging around the basket, he'd he'd be up on the level of the screen or even at the three point line just to deter DJ from getting open from a pick and pop scenario because he hadn't made so many. I think that really didn't help some of the guards in terms of their scoring getting downhill. Um, and and honestly, you know, I I, I like DJ's compete level. Like I, I wouldn't say he's like an a uh, he's he's definitely not like an elite defender. He's definitely not somebody who is going to be swatting shots or even dominating the glass. I thought there were times today, for example, when it wasn't Christian and DJ in together. Then uh, and when Utah went to their their backup center Kofi Cockburn, like it, it was like, I mean, I mean Kofi is just big, man. <laughs> that guy is just. I I don't know if you are like a the best example I have is it's mostly for soccer fans is if you've seen Adama Traore and the way he like runs up and down the channels and he's just like so physically imposing that guys just kind of bounce off of him you don't usually see these kind of like interactions uh, in sports except for some of these exceptions um, yeah Kofi is one of those guys I mean I mean I don't think he can do anything else. At, at this high of a level, um, he missed a lot of bunnies, but my God, this guy was just single-handedly eating on the glass. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting DJ to, to 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 box him out. That guy might be like 270, man. Like 270, like pure muscle. Like, it, And it's tough. It was real tough watching the Raptors try to get rebounds around him. Um, but, yeah, I thought DJ competed at least, contested for shots, you know, got some rebounds, pushed the pace. And there's just a good skill set there. Like, there's a little bit of everything. Not totally sure if any of it will fully pop, but for a guy at 6'9 that has, you know, this combination of skills, you know, whether that's like, you know, catch and shoot for three, whether that's pick and rolling and, and rolling to the basket, whether that's, uh, um, you know, g- getting into an ISO scenario. And, and so far, honestly, in Summer League, I haven't liked his ISO game, but it's clear that he can get a shot off. Like there's a skill level there that I think that um, it is notable with him. And... Um, yeah, I mean, he's just <laughs> there, there. There's something there that's that's worth investing in. That the Raptors want to at least take a look at him here in summer league and take him to some, a training camp. And of course, first two games not good, but uh, this game I thought looked a lot more comfortable. Late in the game, was making a couple plays as well. Um, there was a play where uh, you know this is another thing that's nice with DJ is that you can kind of give him the ball to top of the floor, let him facilitate a little bit. And because he had been knocking down those jumpers, and he, and he not only did he knock down those uh, three threes, he also knocked down a mid-range jumper as well where, you know, he's uh, operating in the middle of the floor. Nobody sort of was open. And so he just took the mid-range jumper because he was open and his defender was sort of off of him. And and, and that after that, I, I really felt like nobody was really off of him. Everyone was sort of hugging up on him, which leaves the paint behind him open. And so in a scenario like this, so I think the fourth quarter where, Delano had nothing, gave it up to DJ in the middle of the floor, and then cut back door. And then DJ was able to find Delano with a pass, and Delano did a catch, finish. Still a very impressive finish, still had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, he had a lot left to, you know, uh, in, in terms of just Delano had to hang in the air, take the contact, uh, you know, still able to finish through, no call and everything like that. But, you know, it's another example of sort of like um, what DJ can kind of do. And, of course, there's some more flashy stuff. You know, he hit a... Uh, he was in the uh, the post and hit a turnaround jumper, fading baseline on the on on the uh, in the mid block. There's like uh, that's that's nice. Like that that's that's some real skill that you know that he does have. Um, but uh, again, it's sort of just the idea of having a little bit of everything. I think it's a little bit hard for these guys who are like co- competing for 14th and 15th roster spots to 
just come in and 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 have sort of this like wide skill set it's probably a lot easier if it's like okay i know exactly what you can do um but at the same time you know i don't think there's any harm in it and i think that what it all pops and clicks together like it did here tonight uh dj can look quite good so i want to give dj my props first and foremost i thought uh, jeff Dowden once again um you know i, I think i'll coming into summer league i don't think a lot of people knew his game um but now you're getting to see him a lot more up close and i he's been the, the raptors best player uh over the course of the three games i, I think armani obviously had an explosive game one games two and three he's been cold three was especially cold delano's had explosive quarters um but ultimately has not been um you know, has Maybe been the best player, but it's very close between him and Jeff, in my opinion. DJ obviously had the cold first two games and was good tonight. Christian mostly focused on the defensive end. Offensively, he's not finishing well, and I'll get to him in a second. But it's it's been a lot of Jeff, and uh, Jeff's been impressive, man. Another efficient game from him as a guard. Uh, 8 of 13 from the field, uh, scored 19 points. Didn't have a lot else in terms of the box score, but I think he did a good job of sort of handling the pressure uh, as um, – as as coach said after the game, uh, and this being Coach Trevor Gleason, obviously not not Coach Nick Nurse because you know the summer league, but yeah, Coach talked about how the reason he wanted you know Jeff or Delano on the floor at all times is because the Jazz were putting a lot of ball pressure and and and, and uh, pressuring full court and just needed a safe ball handler out there. And I think Jeff being able to keep his turnovers low, they had what zero turnovers once again. I mean, damn. I think the decision making is good there. I think one of the difference between Jeff and someone like Armani, even though they, I guess they play very different positions. Uh, even though Armani sometimes handles, it's just like Armani's coming in and looking to shoot and almost like forcing the action. Um, and Delano is also very aggressive at forcing the action. Jeff kind of like lets the game come to him in a way. It doesn't mean he's not going to shoot. He still had a team-high 13 shot attempts, so it's not like he's not involved in the offense, but he kind of picks his spots a little bit more. A lot more of these are like half-court uh, opportunities where um, he has to sort of set something up for the team and create out of a out of a set play and getting a high screen usually and, and getting his way downhill. And I thought he did a really good job of attacking all sorts of scenarios when you're talking about coming off the screen. I think his best trade is his quickness. Um, and specifically not his quickness, just like even the in-between kind of quickness, like the, the the change of pace. He's able to sort of get past his man quite effectively. And then it's a matter of can he finish through contact in the lane. And it's so far what I've seen, again, it's only been three games, is just like he has pretty good touch for these in-between shots. I mean, like, of course, it's it's ideal if you can always get all the way downhill and, 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 and get to a layup or even dunk the ball or if you can pull up for three off the screen. All those stuff is, like, probably the more analytically friendly kind of um, style of play. But I think there's something really to be said for a guard where, especially if you're tasked to being the half-court creator, if you're attacking off that screen and you have that ability to sort of hit a, sh- a little floater, a little runner, um, you know, use your sort of footwork to sort of get an angle and, and lean your way and then stretch your way for for a layup around a shot contest. Like, I think you really need, like, a, a the ability to score in a variety of ways when you are asked to initiate the way he is. And I've, I thought he did a great job with that. I mean, start of the game, you know, a wide-open catch and shoot three, knocked that down. Another play where he stole the ball, pushed it, set up a wide-open corner three. Unfortunately, it was missed, but a really great play by him. Another play where he didn't even get the assist on this play, but he drove hard, beat his man, got downhill, 
kicked it into the corner after drawing two defenders, and then the the guy in the corner found a cutter to the basket because Jeff had drawn two defenders towards him, and the cutter was able to make a layup. So that's not an assist for for Jeff, but that's you know the hockey assist. He's the guy who actually created the motion and the um, the momentum on that play to score. And yeah, I thought most impressively though, it was just him scoring kind of one on one. You know, the Jazz started switching screens um in the second half and there was a lot more of like Jeff being able to sort of pick his spots against the center I like that he took his time with it got the screen intentionally to force the switch and by the way not just any center let's not be strangers it's Bruno Caboclo right obviously you know the the former Raptors first round pick Masai's first round first uh pick with the Toronto Raptors back in uh 2014 and uh, always got a soft spot in my heart for Bruno I've written about Bruno in the past and uh he's just I mean again that that debut that Bruno played Back in 2015 uh, or 2014, against the um, against the Milwaukee Bucks, where the Raptors were up 50. By the way, if you haven't seen that game, go look up that game. I swear to God, I, I there's there's two times I heard the Scotia Bank Arena that loud. Number one was Game Six, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, people chanting Kyle Lowry's name and and, and Kawhi dunking over Giannis in the 26 to three run. That's number one. There's no debate about that. That's number one. And number two is was when when Bruno made his debut. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Bruno was, it was so hype some of those years with Bruno. And of course, he never really panned out here. And there was all sorts of wild things that happened. Like, I remember even Bruno's first summer league back in 2014 where um, he got dunked on by CJ Fair. And Bruno came back to the bench and was like crying, you know? And it was like, yo, who is CJ Fair? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, we got, but it's like he was only 18. He was new to basketball. All everyone said was, well, f- what Fran Fraschilla said, which is, well, by the way, Fran was right. I mean, it was funny to hear it in in such blunt terms on on national television on the night of the draft. But, um, yeah, I mean, his words were, "This is the all time swing for the fences pick." He's two years away from being two years away. Like, I don't think. Here's the thing: anytime someone gets drafted, right? The, the draft analysis is always, like, fairly positive, with some exceptions, but mostly very fairly positive. Like, you're looking at a moment in a player's career where they, they make the NBA for the first time. It's a happy moment. It's, it's a moment. It's a culmination of, like, it's a life-changing moment. It's a culmination of all their hard work, for their parents' hard work, their family's hard work, their friends, trainers, everything, right? You, teammates, you, you get to that moment, and then, of course, you shower them with praise. And you, what you usually see is, like, you know, Jalen Rose or Kendrick Perkins coming in and be like, you know, my comp for uh, Malachi Flynn is uh, Chris Paul. Yeah, another uh, ball handling pick and roll point guard. Kind of like that. Like, it's usually like that, right? Very positive. I've never heard anybody sold in a in a more um, underwhelming context than when Bruno was drafted and what Fran Pastilla said. And again, Fran was absolutely right. Like, literally, it's been two years away from being two years away. I think it's been, like, it's been, like, eight years. It's been, like, eight or nine years since Bruno was drafted. And I still don't think he's here. In fact, I saw him up close again in this game, and I'm like, that's Bruno, even though he's, like, way bigger. He looks, like, twice the size of Bruno when he first entered the league. Really bulked up. He's really worked on his upper body. I mean, if it wasn't for Kofi, uh, Kofi Cockburn, like, I, I think, honestly, Bruno would be one of the most physically imposing centers in summer league. And yet, you know, still kind of the same dude. Anyway, this is a long tangent. I miss Bruno is what I'm trying to say. You know, Bruno was... was uh, it was just a source of great entertainment here in Toronto. It was, it was it was an era. You had to be there for Bruno. It's one of those players where, you know, when you think about, like, Kawhi, 
LeBron, Giannis, Dirk. Like these guys are only known by one name. And even though it's fairly common name in a lot of these cases, um, you know, uh, you know, it's just one guy has that name, uh, Michael, you know, but yeah, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno is also one of those guys. Maybe one other Bruno. You can't, you really can't. Anyway, so Jeff down now, so I'll talk about Jeff and, um, he he realized that the, um, the the Jazz were switching a lot of ball screens. And so he would intentionally get the switch onto a center and get Bruno on a switch. And th- I counted three times that he switched onto Bruno, and three times uh, he was able to get the shot out. The first time, he was able to use his quickness, a uh, quick crossover after, um, you know, selling the drive downhill. Uh, but then great separation created and was able to rise up for the mid-range jumper over Bruno's contest. Very, very nice move. Um, then you had another ISO against Bruno. This is late in the game when, you know, the Raptors had been up for, I felt like most of the, the second quarter and third quarter, um, but fourth quarter execution was poor. They kept turning the ball over. They kept letting, um, who was Isaiah Miller on the jazz, steal the ball and go the other way for a dunk. He's only like six foot one, six foot two. So, um, it was, he was like changing the game and it became like a one or two possession game towards the end. And they needed some of the clothes and they, they gave it to Jeff. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they gave it to Jeff because a, he is your best like half court creator. Like even as good as Delano is, he's more of like a open play kind of like looser. Like you wouldn't really close games with Delano, you know, or at least not in, in at the NBA level, maybe in the G league. Well, not maybe I, I saw it in the G league level. There were close games with Delano, but you know, he, in a half court setting, um, he's a little bit easier to predict because mostly he's trying to go to the rim and, and either dump off or kick out or, or just try to score for himself. It's a little bit easier to play uh, that version versus with, with Jeff. He's more of a shot creator for himself where he was able to get these switches against Bruno. Iso sets up the drive going right, crosses back to his left, uh, gets into the lane, freezes, stops on the dime. Bruno's still sliding backwards, and he's able to, to go up for a little uh, jump floater uh, again, against Bruno's contest, I was in a four-point game. That made a six-point game. Then I think the Jazz had a three, then some f- split free throws, whatever. It's a two-point game. Um, you know, Jeff Down drives middle, takes two defenders with him. Uh, really smart move to sort of spin midair and kick it back out to the corner where DJ Wilson was wide open for three in the corner. He missed it. The Raptors get a stop, get the other way, give it to Jeff once again. Uh, once again, he seeks the screen, so he gets to switch on to Bruno. And by the way, like not to disparage Bruno at all, because Bruno is a very mobile player. Like he started in the NBA as a three, and obviously he's bulked up and become a five. But he's still very mobile, and he's he has like a seven foot eight wingspan or something like that. Like he he's one of those guys where you're, you're not surprised when Sai drafted him because when you're talking about like the differential between height and wingspan, Bruno was like six foot. Eight six foot nine with like a seven foot seven wingspan or a seven foot eight wingspan like it's it's absurd. Um, so anyway, it's not easy to shoot over a guy like that. However, Jeff, um, you know, gets Bruno to bite on the perimeter, drives past him, gets into the lane, takes a contact. Honestly, he was bumped by one defender and also slapped on the wrist by another defender, but he was able to finish through the contact. No call. Uh, but that essentially was the shot that sealed the game. So I've been very impressed with Jeff, man. I've been very impressed with Jeff. I know he's a little bit older. He's 25. Um, you know, obviously he played like, uh, you know, the whole time with with Rhode Island. And, and, you know, he's sort of 
had a couple of cups of coffee in the league. Um, but I, I think he, he has some real talent. And I, if, if you're looking at this summer league in terms of, okay, some of the guys already have their training camp invites, right? Delano already has a contract. It's really just whether the Raptors want to keep him, which I think they will. Um, by the way, Justin Champagne just signed his contract as first reported by Keith Pompey of Sport Track. So, you know, great job um, to to Justin. Obviously, he had a really successful, not really successful, but he had, he had, a, he, I had, a, he had a promising first year um, with with the Raptors. Uh, he got into the rotation at times. Also, also he... Um, he 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 did well at the G League level. I thought he showed a lot of uh, improvements in terms of a three point shot. Nick Nurse has talked about him speeding up the release on his three, which is great. It's just too bad that he he fractured a finger and he couldn't play in the rest of the summer league. Although he's still been very involved, calling everyone his son, which I really do love. It's just a running gag. Sometimes people are funny for no reason, you know. Like it's just if, if I walked up to Alex and said, "Yo, you're my son," like that's not funny, really. Um, but there's, there, if I walked up to every single person in the world and called him my son, which is apparently what Justin does, then it's kind of funny. And plus he's got like this natural swagger. I really enjoyed watching him, um, you know, in these sort of media sessions. I also really enjoyed interviewing him, by the way, if you want to scroll back on the podcast feed, uh, a couple of months, I, th- we did talk to Justin and, and, uh, got to know him a lot. Um, got to talk to him about soccer as I do with almost every player nowadays i feel like so his dad plays soccer anyway this people don't care but anyway you can check out the interview with justin congrats to justin so he got his training camp invite um so he's got a partial guarantee uh for this upcoming season and then the next upcoming season is non-guaranteed pretty standard stuff in terms of what the raptors sort of signed them to same deal that dj wilson got um so you know there's a couple of guys on the roster who already and armani obviously has the kind of the same agreement as well so those guys are going to battle out. The Raptors have, depending on what happens in the rest of free agency, it seems like the Kevin Durant stuff kind of died down. We'll, we'll never really know. If it does happen, that'll open up a lot more roster spots. If it doesn't happen, the Raptors still have about two roster spots. And so these guys are kind of compete for it in training camp. So there's no decisions coming up until probably October. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if there's still other training camp invites available and, and, and you know, you could take 20 guys to training camp, before you sort of pare down your roster. And, and and if I were the Raptors, based on what I've seen from Summer League, I would take a look at Jeff. Now, of course, if you're a, if if you were also fair to the rest of the process, you would probably say, well, you know, there's other players who are excelling in Summer League that probably also deserve a little bit of a look. Maybe they're just not on the Raptors. Maybe you're not just seeing them on the team. But having said that, though, Jeff has done pretty well. I mean, he's got really long arms he's got enough quickness he handles the ball a little bit you know as a backup point guard I I think there's no real issues here no you know he's not turning the ball over he's making the right passes and you know in a half court setting especially even at the end of the game when they needed someone to like be responsible and take over for the team Jeff did that so you got to give him a lot of credit for the way he played tonight um I think the last thing I'll really cover because I've already covered the rest of it the rest of it's kind of the same deal like I mean, David Johnson had a, a slightly better game. He he hit a three and he dunked the ball once, so that was cool. Armani missed a lot of shots, like I said. Uh, Rodion Skuruks is a bad basketball player and an even worse person. I mean, honestly, I, I know he was playing with the mask on because he, he hurt his cheekbone or whatever, but I'm not even kidding, man. I, that's, that's one of the worst basketball displays I've seen from a guy. And I'm, that's not me trying to, like, disparage him or even anything else. I mean, to be honest, you can just look up his, his criminal history and you can probably, you know, disparage him just based on that alone. Do not enjoy watching him on the team. Uh, however, just watching the plays here, these are my notes. Yeah, I'm just going to read you my notes because, you know, I, I watched the game. I take some notes, okay? Uh, first point, driving kick to nobody, LMAO. Iso brick 
only glass. Loses his man back door for a poster on Coloco. This was later reviewed, and um, uh, it was a little bit too late, so the, the, the shot did not count. However, Coloco got posterized because Karuk's completely lost his man back door for no real reason, honestly. Um, right past him for a layup, which is one of the three times I believe Karuk gave a line drive layup uh, with very little... Uh, resistance. Uh, Delano draws two in transition. Beautiful leave under the basket, and Karuk stuffed. So, yeah, that was. I mean, it's. I mean, Delano. Yeah, drove hard. Took two defenders with them. Uh, dropped the ball behind him for for an easy layup, and Karuk uh, got stuffed right there. Unfortunately, loses the grip on a ball. And uh, layup missed. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say there. And then also cut off inbound. Uh, which, you know, was actually a good play by Karuk. So he's able to cut back door against his own defender. And then he smoked the layup, like wide open at the rim. Now, of course, the mask is probably something that's um, affecting him. There's no doubt about that. Uh, however, very little sympathy on my end here. And just, just honestly, the Raptors probably would have won by 15 if it, uh, if he didn't play. Uh, Ron Harper has still not shown much to me. I mean, the, the, the open threes, he's knocking down at a decent rate. He hasn't really been able to do too much else. Um, he hasn't been able to put the ball on the floor, which I'm a little surprised by. I mean, he did do a lot of that stuff with Rutgers. He had good strength as well, which I felt like was strange at times where you saw him like put the ball and drive baseline and get bumped and he just lose the ball. Like that's where you feel like, okay, the strength would come into play there. But unfortunately, Ron has not shown anything just quite yet in these games. Uh, he will have the, the two way contract. So he's got to show it in the G league or at least in training camp. But right now, nothing too much of note. Uh, and then lastly with Christian, so only 22 minutes for Christian today. I thought he looked tired. Um, eight minutes into the second half, he was, or eight minutes left in the second uh, in the third quarter, um, he was grabbing his shorts and, and sort of uh, and and slow to run, you know, back and forth. The reason that's notable is because Christian runs like a deer. Like he's really like free, and we've seen a lot of clips of. I mean, you know, Raptor fans are wild when we're just gassing up a guy for running. But like, I'm, I'm not saying you're trying to be, like disparage Christian Coloco. I just never seen another team post a clip of their center running back and forth um, quickly, which is good. It's a really important skill. Like again, I'm not trying to disparage them. It's just Raptor fans are we're, we're really over the top with this kind of stuff. Um, you didn't see, even see some of that in the second half because I thought he was really tired. I don't know if he got bumped a little bit as well. This is also the first time he's playing a back-to-back. Obviously, when you're in college, you're pretty much never playing back-to-back. And so, um, you know, maybe there's some fatigue that goes into this. Although, you know, he's also like 22 years old. Like, fatigue, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit of fatigue. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that the main thing you're seeing with Christian in all these games and the reason why he's shooting two of seven from the field it's just like a lack of strength. Like, it's not really the touch that really goes into it. Because, you know, I was having this discussion with um, with Adam Spinella, uh, who's a draft expert, uh, who makes a lot of these YouTube videos and, and did a great job. I love talking to, to Adam every year about the draft. Um, but, yeah, the the reason why um, I, was, I, was, I was, so I was talking to him, and I was asking him about this question about can you teach touch? Right, because you know, you we could all imagine players who like have lacked touch, quote unquote, scoring touch, and you know he didn't really have a good answer for that either. Even though he's a coach, and you know it's something he's thought about as well. I mean, I don't think there is a correct answer as to can you teach touch. Um, however, I think in his in Christian's case, he does have touch. It's not like he can't make shots, or it's not like the shots are so erratic that there's no like consistent pattern. The pattern that I'm seeing right now is that he's weak physically so like you can bump him 
And he either won't get the separation off for a shot or he won't get the balance off for the shot. And this is really matter. Like, if you don't get the separation or the balance for a shot, your touch is always going to look kind of erratic because you're starting off at different points. You're not going into the usual motion that you, you would probably practice. And so, like, there will be times where, okay, you know, he's posting up Bruno and he's able to sort of, you know, one, two, get into a, a hook shot and uh, use his height to sort of shoot over the top uh, and, and score, right? The other times where he's got fo- good footwork, where he, again, working against Bruno in the post, uh, you know, face up, drop step, up, uh, up fake, you know, lifts Bruno and then goes around him for the layup. He missed a layup there, but, you know, still got the foul to, 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 to be called. Still should have been an and one. Did everything right in terms of the move. Just couldn't finish the play, but... um you know, still whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there's just like a, he just needs to get stronger. Like, I, I think that's the consistent message that we've heard from not only himself, but his college coaches. We've, we've heard it in every interview that's been done with coach Trevor Gleason. It's just mentioning getting him stronger. And I think, again, people always get a little scared because people remember JV and the transformation JV made, not asking for him to do that, but he just needs to get stronger so that he can play. He can like finish plays. He can, you know, take some hits and not get tired. Uh, and then also, on, on, you know, even on the defensive end, you know, there are some times where um, you do wish he had a little bit more strength. However, defensively, that's where I think his, his, his talents are, are still very, very clear. Like you'll see him, you know, uh, trap a ball screen. Um, and you know, he's frequently involved in these traps where he's well above the three point arc because the Raptors want to pressure off an inbound or whatever. And he's done a great job with that. When you're talking about, um, you know, pick and roll plays and sequences where he has to come out to the three point line, he does a great job of it. Even though the Raptors are playing drop with him, he's still coming out to the three-point line, corralling the ball handler, making sure the ball handler doesn't go downhill or pull up immediately. When the ball handler starts moving downhill, that's when he opens up his body to slide and, and contain and contain and contain and then use his length to either contest the shot or try to, uh, to, to to deflect the pass over the top to the big. He's done a really great job with that. And I think that like there's this, there's like a... You know, I mean, every game you see like two steals, a block, whatever. Other games you have three steals, three blocks. Like the disruptiveness in, in every game is to me is like essentially the same level. Like he's done a really good job with that. Um, you know, he's catching a couple of lobs here and there. He caught one from Delano off a, a, a nice set play where Trevor, you know, called the timeout and coming out of the timeout. He had Christian set an off ball screen on the right side of the floor. And then Christian slipped that screen and went back door instead, and Delano was able to find him. Really, really great pass. I don't think Christian was like got great elevation for it, quite honestly. I think some of that has to do with just him being tired, like I mentioned. So he wasn't getting up as high. But listen, when you're seven foot one with a seven foot six wingspan, probably gonna if you jump like a foot, you're probably gonna dunk the ball. Um, like <laughs> you know, so uh, it doesn't matter how tired he is, he's gonna he's gonna finish that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just and, and even a really nice play. Actually, I thought the, probably the the play of the game for me offensively was so Delano got um doubled off the pick and roll this is you know midway through the fourth quarter uh Coloco said in the screen Coloco rolls but he doesn't roll hard he's like very smart about this um he short rolls even though I think most of the game they're asking him to like roll hard and get to the rim for a lob and that's usually his skill set um he short rolled this time anticipating, or at least maybe even just reading the fact that uh, the Jazz were sending the double. Delano with a quick pass just in between the defenders, splitting the defenders to Coloco. 
the issue was the Jazz had a third defender stepping up and ready to take the charge. And I swear, like, 85% of the time, the big is taking a charge there. 85% of the time. If don't if if if, uh, if if Christian wanted to go up for the layup, 100% he would have gone uh, called for the charge. However, Christian, not only is he short roll, not only does he catch the ball in, on a bounce pass on the move with the guy setting up the charge against him, has the wherewithal to do a touch pass uh, two Kuruks for I think maybe Kuruks is only basket of the game. Oh, well, he had two. Okay, well one of the one of his two baskets of the game, and um, he, you know his defender still fell over. The guy who's trying to take the charge was still trying to sell the charge. There was not a charge there. Christian did a great job of you know moving out of the way, uh, sort of moving laterally against um, the 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 guy setting up for the charge, and so. I think this, the ref saw that, you know, that was sort of like a exaggerated play. But mostly it's just the awareness, the pass. It was on the money, and it got right there for a layup. That was a really nice play. And, and you know, there wasn't – it was again, it wasn't like a dominant performance by any means by Christian. Even on the defensive end, he was good, not dominant. But, like, you know, there's a lot there to work with. That pass, though, that's really nice. That's really, really nice. And it got me excited. So uh, in terms of your three stars – from tonight's game, I'm going to give the first star to, uh, to to Jeff Down. 19 points in 30 minutes, two clutch baskets uh, in the fourth quarter to secure the win. And uh, yeah, it's summer league, but I still want to see my team win, man. I don't know. I don't know about you, but watching that Bulls game, I was like, what? Why am I here? Why am I doing summer league recaps when when the show's already off air? I don't know. I'm truly a sicko. But uh, yeah, seriously, when you see them win, you know, you you do feel a lot more. Um, encouraged about the team's effort and the team's talent uh dj wilson is your second star 22 points nine rebounds hit three threes was just pretty good all around and did a great job i'm happy for him uh it's a guy that i'm rooting for just because of you know sort of the 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 hardships that he's had over the course of his career and his life to date and uh he's a skilled guy man a good interview as well it seems like very, you know, soft-spoken. A lot of guys are... He, he got interviewed like three times yesterday. I saw like uh, after the first quarter, after the after the game itself, and then in the post-game. So, you know, I uh, got to hear him speak quite a bit. And uh, smart guy as well. You know, had a growth spurt late in his life. Was a guard before that. And kind of the AD trajectory, although, you know, AD kind of got a lot bigger than DJ. Uh, and somehow was healthier than DJ, which I think is, is you know, is, is not a joke. Um, Anthony Davis is actually healthier than somebody. But... Still rooting for DJ. There's 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 some skills there, and then your third star. I mean, that's gonna be tough, man. I guess I'll uh, I'll give it to Christian. I guess, but yeah, this is mostly a two man effort tonight. I'm not gonna lie to you. There were not a lot of good performances elsewhere. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, I would love to give it to Bruno because it was great to run into Bruno and see him. Um, I know he's got a kid now and everything. He's all grown up, but uh. Yeah, he looks totally different as well, by the way. I mean, to to come into the league as an 18-year-old, so skinny, like literally like Chet Holmgren level skinny, to, to where he is now, I mean, damn, it, it's just a different level. But um, he did not play well, so I can't give it to him. Can't get to Isaiah Miller. Had a bunch of steals towards the end of the game. Only eight points, four assists, four steals. But uh, I, that might be four steals leading to dunks. Like, that's that's my lasting impression is that he was just there to steal the ball and dunk it. So, that does it for the rack pod. Thanks everyone for listening. I appreciate it. I know I apologize that these are coming out uh, a day after or whatever. Um, you know, just I usually play soccer on Wednesday nights and then uh, helping my partner pack and all this other stuff. So th- it just it, it got to be very busy the night of and the morning after I woke up and I, I did this podcast, which I think is still going to be um, 
relevant, at least for a day or two before the Raptors uh, play once again in summer league. Uh, on Friday, I believe if they win and they score enough points or whatever, the differential is strong enough to the point where I don't I don't know. I'm, I honestly I don't ask me too much about this. I, I'm only here to evaluate the games that happen. If you ask me how the tournament structure right now, who knows? But um, in any case, if they win on Friday and if they especially if they blow out and win, then yeah, they have a good chance to continue playing. But uh, yeah, I'll be back on Friday to talk about that game. And, uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. Oh, by the way, if you um, are interested, Friday, me and Alex are going to be recording a podcast where we're going to do a mailbag. And as always, I will say this, like, the mailbag, we always get, like, hundreds of questions, and then I only have time for, like, 12, you know. And so I always feel very bad about it. So this is the mailbag where we're going to answer every question. Obviously, the duplicate questions we're not going to answer, but we will answer every question. So I'm going to call up Alex on Friday, send out the call for questions probably later tonight. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll listen to that one. That's going to be another. Um, so we've, we've established that there is, you know, the Raptor show, which, you know, is Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 usually. Uh, obviously, we're off air right now. Off season mode. Um, there is the Raptors reaction pod. So it's a react pod like this one right now, where after a game, I talk about it mostly in a monologue. Sometimes I get somebody on, but mostly a monologue. Uh, and then there is the slander pod where I call Assad, I call Sahal, I call Alex, whoever, um, you know, after a particularly enjoyable win, I'll do the slander pod. And now there is the banter pod, which is probably what the most of the off seasons will be, where it's like probably 30% basketball. Uh, and you know, 70% just like life stuff. So, you know, if you see banter pod, you kind of got to know what you're coming in for. If you're in for like serious hoop talk, probably the banter pod is only going to be good for the first like 20 minutes or so, but, uh, still stick with us in off season. Let's have a good time. So, uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. as we will find all the shows, react pod, slander pod, banter pod, the Raptor show. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back to recap more summer league tomorrow. Cause I'm a sicko.